It took a lot longer because my car kept breaking down <laughs> along the way. I remember I made it like... Breaking down how? It kept like... Oh, it did that stupid thing. Yeah, it yeah. was like... What is that stupid thing? <laughs> I'm making actions, well, but... Yeah, Jessica's here shaking her arms back and forth. It's like stuttering. Yeah, like, like the car you're accelerating was like, and all of a sudden it's like... Yeah, it wouldn't go. Yeah. So I stopped at one Were place. Were the sound effects more I helpful? Think it was, yeah. I think it was somewhere in Texas I stopped. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be open, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. All right, Jessica, read a review. <laughs> okay, so we decided we want to share some of our reviews with you guys because we really appreciate what you guys are saying and the feedback we're getting. And it really helps us out if you guys go rate and review us. It boosts us so that more people can find us. So please go leave a rating and a review. Steve. And we think we're cool, but we like to know that you think we're cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that yeah. what it's about? Yeah, but being cool. It's about being cool. That's what yeah. matters. All yeah. right. So we got one just yesterday. This says, this is a fabulous podcast. Jessica, Steve, and Matt share their story in such an amazing way. I am so impressed with each of them and how they've overcome different struggles and trials. More so, I am inspired by the love and respect they have for each other. Super awesome. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I knew she would sing it. <laughs> I love that a lot of these people are commenting on the fact that we have a lot of different trials. Like, I think a lot of people relate to us because we all have something different that we've gone through and that we bring to the table. Just realized I forgot to cut one of my nails when I cut my nails. <laughs> oh you know, my that's gosh. a thing in South America is to leave your pinky nail long. Why? I'm not totally sure. I think it kind of like, sometimes you need a long nail to like scratch at something or like, Oh, gross. So I heard so it's that it's very common for dudes to have a long The pinky. pinky long fingernail is used for cocaine. Oh, maybe it's that too. <laughs> you guys can tell this is going to be a good episode when we start off this way. All right, back to the review. <laughs> this other person says, this was just a couple days ago as well, binge listen to it. I am so happy I stumbled across this podcast. I binge listen to all the episodes and now I have to wait for a new one to come out every week. I think Jess, Matt, and Steve are all so genuine and relatable. I always leave being entertained and feeling uplifted. They have a great thing going on and I love the vulnerability and authenticity. I almost had a hard time sharing that or saying that. You almost did or you did? <laughs> Thanks for sharing a part of your life. <laughs> that was from Joe Larson One. Thank you. It really is cool how many people we've heard from yeah. That have related to different aspects of our story or our struggles or relationship or whatever it is. But it's awesome. I mean, you guys know this, but it's awesome hearing from those people. And Yep. It brightens our day for sure. Just like we hope it's brightening your, like our listeners day and it keeps us going and we hope it keeps you going. And it gives us a good idea of what people are connecting with, what's worth sharing, you know, what people want to hear and need to hear. If we need to do a, dive, a deeper dive into something, yeah. like totally helps us. So thank you for those reviews. That was awesome. My if favorite you... review this week was, I don't think I've ever related to anything more than your podcast. 
That's awesome. <laughs> Wasn't a review. I guess that was just a text from somebody. Yeah, and if you guys have questions or like things you specifically want us to touch on, leave them in the reviews because we do check those regularly and we will bring up those topics in the podcast if you go in and put them in the reviews. I think it'd be super cool to do just a Q&A episode sometime if we have enough questions that have come up. We should do a live Q&A. Yeah. Ooh. Schedule that out. We keep talking about doing some live. How should people uh, ask us questions for this live Q&A? <clears throat> I don't know. We'll figure that out. Leave them in the reviews. Or Instagram. No. Yeah. So ask your questions in a review on either Wherever Apple you're Podcasts listening. Mm -hmm. or CastBox or Stitcher. A lot of those Spotify. are harder Can to get into. But reviews? I yeah. Know. I don't know on Spotify. Anyways, so ask your questions there and we will do a live Q&A. Or answer them in the next podcast. Or you start can, dropping them. Or you could also save them for asking us a question on the live. So many options, you guys. We got to make up our minds. <laughs> Speaking of, have we made up our mind of what we were going to talk about today? Well, I had a topic I wanted to just bring up before we kind oh, that's of right. get back into our storyline. Yeah. Okay. So there have been three scenarios in the last 10 days that I know of where people have either committed suicide or tried to commit suicide when because they're gay or bi or... And today it's just been super like weighing on me, super heavy. I don't know these people, but one of them I just heard about in the news this morning. And two of them are people that are in the lives of people I know. And it just breaks my heart to think that there are people, I mean, it's 2019. How is it that, and these were all youth, I guess not all of them, but two of them were youth. How is it that in this day and age, that that's still a place that someone ends up? It just, it kills me to think that people are still that devastated by the thought of coming out, that they would rather die than come out, that yeah. they think that it is that bleak and that hopeless. And I mean, I get it. I have felt that. I was going to say, we kind of touched on that yeah. last week. You said you thought nobody, uh, that you were going to have to start all over. I have loved seeing like this new generation of LGBTQ youth that like just seems like it's less of a big deal, less of a struggle, so to speak. And maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't like dumb it down. But I feel like times are changing and it's more acceptable to be out and which is, I think is a good thing. But I guess the point I wanted to make with this is, and I posted something about this today, which of course this episode won't come out for another week and a half. But so I posted something a week and a half ago today. <laughs> but I just want to make the point that we need to be conscious of the message we are putting out there to the people in our lives who are gay or bi or transgendered or some aspect of this that are not yet out, who are very much aware of what message it is that we're sharing about that. Like if you are derogatory about any of those categories, someone is gonna, like that is going to affect them. I guess my point is like we need to we need to reach out. Yeah, and we need to show in our actions and our words that if someone came out to us, if a loved one came out to us, that we would respond with love and acceptance. And I mean, chances are when someone comes out to you, they have been for years considering coming out to you and watching and thinking of, you know, formulating their idea of how you're going to respond when they come out to you and if you're someone they can come out to. So I guess that's, I just think everyone should, you know, you should think about 
what is the message you have put out there? Say to one, if one of your kids is gay, what is the message you have shared with them about how you're going to respond if and when they ever came out to you? Yeah. You know, believe what you want to believe about that, whether it's right or wrong or not. If you have a gay child or loved one or friend or person in your life, they will have formulated some opinion about, are you someone that will respond with love or not? And this is your time to set that message straight for them. Yeah, for uh, sure. Do you guys have any thoughts on that or comments on that? No, we're in complete agreement. Yeah. It's definitely a message that needs to be shared. And that's definitely the message that we want to share with the whole world is the fact that people will make their decisions and make their choices. And oh, we just have to stand behind our loved ones. And I've thought, what are we teaching Penny and your kids, Matt, about how they should respond when someone comes out? You know, one of these cases, the one that I heard about on the news today, the 16-year-old was outed by his peers in school, and it was so overwhelming to him that he killed himself. Yeah. So, you know, my thought was, what are we teaching Penny about how she needs to respond if someone were to come out of her school? Would she be the one who forwards on that message and teases them and giggles and laughs? Or would she be the one who actually goes to the person and is kind to them? Yeah. You know the answer to that question. I know what I want the answer to be. Yeah. And I know what I think of our sweet Penny. I just, I hope that that's the message we are portraying to her. Yeah. Yep. I'd agree for sure. Okay. All right. So we left off last week with Jessica, you were getting ready to leave, getting ready to leave, packed up a pod, right? Packed up my pods, packed up my car. Steve, you helped her with this, right? Mm -hmm. Of packing up everything. Yes. All of her stuff, all of her belongings. What'd you leave Steve? Pretty much everything. Yeah, because it wouldn't fit in the day. <laughs> I couldn't pod. fit anything. He had the bed. He had the couch. He had the giant bean bag. Part of the couch, right? You split part of the couch. All of I took one piece of it, <laughs> and then there Which were like. Which is funny because when I moved back, I ended up with the one piece, and you got the rest. <laughs> when I moved, it doesn't yep. matter. Keep going. And so during this time, like one of the things that happened <laughs> that we didn't touch on last week was, I came home to Oklahoma, and I knew. Steve was probably going to continue this relationship with Sebastian and that my daughter would probably be around him. Like I'm thinking pretty logically at this point. Okay. And I knew that one of the things that was important to me that I knew would be who my daughter was around. Rightly so. I think that's important. Yeah. And so we went out to dinner with Sebastian the night before I left. Four of us. The four of us. Steve. Me and you and Sebastian and Penny. And Penny. <laughs> oh, Penny was how old at this time? She's she was like, almost two. Yeah. But she's just like, you know, she okay. didn't, yeah. in her own little world. She didn't know what was happening. Yeah. So It's funny. I remember her being like a tiny baby in her little baby seat, but she totally wasn't. No, she, she was, was almost two. Yeah. This was right before her second birthday. Yeah. So, so you guys go out to dinner. How long have you... Had you been dating Sebastian thus far? Well, we weren't. <laughs> they had an affair for a weekend. So I checked emails. I had emailed Sebastian while you were gone for those two weeks. Yeah. He didn't want to hear from me. Nope. Why not? he knew more details, knew I was married, knew I had a wife, knew that this was tearing us apart, and didn't want to be a homewrecker. Well, and he told you. And didn't want to be a guy on the side and, you know. But he also told you, he said, this is 
what I've always wanted. If I could have an understanding wife and a kid and a family, like, don't throw that away. Yeah. He was very much supportive of you staying in your marriage. Okay, so hold up. Give me the details of where'd you guys go eat? We went to like some barbecue place Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma. It was a nice place. I think Sebastian picked it because we had never been there. How did this get all set up? You just I just told Steve this is what we're doing. And he agreed. He reached out to Sebastian and said, hey. Now I'm wondering on the time frame here, how long between... Because, man, things evolved quickly if I had emailed him who didn't want to hear from me while you had left for those two weeks, Jessica. And for those two weeks, you were in Colorado Springs, right? Yes. But I think once he knew things were ending and, like, I think then he was very concerned about your well-being and you going through all of this, being on your own. Kind of like Matt was saying last week, like, you're basically on your own in Oklahoma. That's the impression I got. Well, the email I sent him said... I basically explained that I have been conflicted for years about this and I've known I'm gay for quite some time, but was choosing not to embrace that side or trying for all I was worth to stop it from emerging. And that at this point, while this was the two weeks you were gone and that I'm explaining this email that I was so, that you had, that we had separated temporarily to figure things out and that I was trying so hard to be determined to stay with you, but that I was so confused and so torn and just a mess over it and that it was basically me saying, I understand you don't want any part of this and you don't want to hear from me. So I just, I'm explaining my, you know, but ultimately this marriage may end and I may explore living a gay lifestyle. You know, whether you're a part of that or not, this might be the path I choose. And I think that's kind of what. Yeah. Okay. So during those two weeks that Jessica was in Colorado Springs, the only form of communication that you had with Sebastian was through email? I don't know. I just, I went back and checked the email and that, that okay. I had. I, That's I the only record. I don't think there was a whole lot outside of that. You may have talked to him once on the phone, but there was no like actual face-to-face interaction or anything like that. That's what I remember. I don't remember the whole time frame. Okay. It was such a mess. I'm pretty sure there wasn't because Steve was really honest with me during this time. And I think I would have remembered if you had actually gone to see him or met up with him. And he was very, like you said, insistent that he not be the reason why you end your marriage. So Jessica, you were packing up your stuff, getting ready. Was like this during packing up your stuff? And well, it was literally the day before she left. So yeah. the pod must have been, well, I don't know. But we were probably pretty much okay. packed and ready to go. And But the plan was for you and Penny to move back to Boise. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But then you mentioned that it was so important to you that you meet this guy if he was going to be hanging around Penny. But Penny wasn't going to be around. Yeah, but I figured... I was going to... I mean, Penny yeah. was... We had I talked was... about Penny coming and staying with Steve possibly okay. and different things like that. So I knew that if he was going to enter a relationship with somebody... There was a chance. There was that... a chance Penny was going to be around him. Okay. So, so you just wanted her. to be comfortable with this guy. Yes. I wanted Because to... of your daughter and mm-hmm. the possibilities that your daughter was going to be around this guy. Yes. Okay. And I kind of wanted to set that precedent from the beginning that if you're going to have either of us, Penny around, people were dating, guys were dating, I guess I can just say guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I want them to be like, we should okay. introduce each other to them. So I'm and really. It, and it should be something that we're both comfortable with. Yeah. Ideally. Yep. And I'm really interested in this subject because I'm kind of going through this right now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are. With Anne, mm-hmm. to my knowledge that my children have shared with me, she's seeing somebody and this guy stays at her house and stays with her, but she hasn't come forth and let me know this. Yeah. It's all through the children, which that doesn't keep the kids out of the middle, but like. Yeah. And that's something I just never wanted was for Penny to feel like she's going back and forth or like she has to hide anything from either of us. I know she was only two at the time and whatever, but I just wanted it to be the precedent that this is the standard. This is how ideally our relationship is going to work. We're going to be open and honest about where we're at, who we're with. You know, super and important. even in other aspects, like we have tried super hard to make sure that we stay on the same page about whatever is happening in Penny's life at the other person's home. Yes. And yep. almost to the point that like, like <laughs> if there's ever, if Penny and I ever have a conversation about something, some topic comes up and I'm just yeah. like, mm, this is probably something I need to let Jessica know about. I'll yeah. call and say, hey, here's a conversation that we had today. Here's what was said. Just wanted to make you aware. And Jessica yeah. will do the same. And, or if Penny got in trouble when she was at your house, yep. Jessica, and yep. then I'm picking her up and, She you know, tries to switch the situation like, on Steve. Yeah, exactly. And she does that. She does that. It's and, a cute thing. They're learning the boundaries. Uh-huh. Or, like, but I know there have been times where I've, like, called Penny out on something like, I hear you had a rough day with your mom today or something like that. You know, she was disobedient or whatever. And the look on her face is just like, mm, what do you know? How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> she's gotten pretty used to it at this point. Yeah, I think she's gotten very used to it. And yeah. she just knows that yeah. nothing's going to slide because we guys communicate. stay in very yeah. close communication with just each other. Just super you know? important. Yeah. So. yeah. So this was me like trying to establish that from the beginning. Okay. And I remember in- sitting at this table... And I think it was you and I next to each other on one side and Sebastian and Penny on on the the other. other. (laughs) Is that how you remember it too? And um, Like you across from Sebastian, me across from Penny. Yes, yep. Okay, so And it was very a you and Sebastian conversation. Oh, yeah. Steve was like. I could hardly even talk. He was was not even there. (laughs) Blank face. It was just so overwhelming and so... It was just, just surreal. Even, yeah. I was going to ask the question why it was so overwhelming for you, but I think I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no need to explain. Uh, and props to Sebastian. He Seriously. And him agreeing to come to that dinner was probably about enough for me to know that, okay, this guy's decent. The funny thing is anyone watching this happening, our server, whoever, would have just thought... Oh, casual conversation yep. between two people who are meeting each other yep. for the first time, clearly. Yep. And, oh, what a cute kid. And, oh, what's the deal with this guy? Is he, like, <laughs> He's high? having a bad day. <laughs> He's having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, Jessica. Meaning me. You know, yeah. not Sebastian. <laughs> Steve was the one having a bad day. Yes. So, what did you and Sebastian talk about? We really, like Steve said, it, like, it was, honestly just got to know each other. Where are you from? What do you do for yeah. work? Yeah, what oh, do you... I mean, it was... And Jessica was Very incredibly like, like it was not super emotional. It was it was amazing. There to were me. no like questions asked about what went on between him and Steve. It was nothing like right. that. It was very just. I think get to know you. Get a feel for yeah. So I think it's really important because like what Jessica just brought up. There's no reason why to ask those questions. There is no reason. It only brings out a lot of pain. Like. I didn't go into detail about Steve and Sebastian's affair when Steve told me about it. Like he 
told me I could ask whatever, but I didn't want to know. I don't need yeah. to know. There were certain things we talked about, but nothing like in depth. Yeah. There's... And I think a lot of times we get hung up on, I need to know everything. And yeah. then it's mostly just damaging when yeah, you do that. Well, and that's the thing. Some people think that, oh, you're just going to sweep this under the rug. Yeah. And I firmly believe that it's not sweeping it under the rug. No. It's just, one, putting up boundaries of how bad you want to continue to be hurt. Yep. Would you agree with that? And yep. I think there's just some, I mean, the last thing you want is some like graphic image, like seared into your brain of what you're. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh. like, there was no need for that much detail. For sure. That would not have helped anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it would okay. have been a mess. So the so conversation I, was good with Sebastian. Yeah. Super nice guy. Really genuine. I mean, he just seemed like a nice guy. I really liked him. Did Penny have any questions for him? <laughs> He was cute with Penny. Like, I remember that. He was always nice with Penny. And yeah, it was just easy, which is really weird because I'm sitting here talking to this guy that my husband had an affair with, with my husband sitting next to me as we're separating. And at the end of the dinner, Sebastian asked me if he could drive me home to our apartment, to our house. What? Yeah. I Made said, sure. Made me real nervous. Yeah, Steve was dying. <laughs> and I was like, are you good, Steve, to take Penny so home? So I took and... Penny in our car. Yeah. Steve, what were you thinking at this time? I was I probably shouldn't have out. let you drive her home. You were probably not in a good state to drive. I don't remember specifics, <laughs> just more of the same of the whole room spinning. So Sebastian and I drive home, and we get to where Steve and I live, and he parks in front, and he just starts crying. Just heartbroken and he's just apologizing and beating himself up for ending our marriage and all of these things and I was like this was not your fault I do not ever want you to think that this was your issue that you had anything to do with Steve leaving like this was a choice Steve made it was a choice I knew like a reality of what I knew might happen and you know it is what it is. If it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else. And I'm glad it was you because you seem like a nice guy. I don't know you that well, but from what I know, and him sitting there crying and apologizing to me solidified the fact that he was a decent guy. And so, yeah. You didn't get any feeling of like, this was a show? No, no. It seemed very genuine and real. Yeah. It was not. And that's who he was. Don't you think? Like he was just a nice yeah. way to pick him, Steve. <laughs> too soon <laughs> too soon <laughs> eight years later but no he was and i was very relieved to know too that there was somebody in oklahoma that was aware of steve that was a nice guy that seemed genuinely concerned for steve and for our family and i appreciated that but looking back on it, it does blow my mind that I actually did this. Yeah. How did this conversation end? Like, <laughs> I, I foresee this like in Dumb and Dumber where it's like big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> like, how did this conversation end? I like, don't know. Did he walk you up to the door, give you a hug? You know? No, I think he gave me a hug in the car and I jumped out and went inside to my husband <laughs> and my daughter got Penny to bed and... Like Steve said, that was that night we had that conversation in bed where we talked about, 
ideally general idea of how we wanted our divorce to look and to continue forward. Do we want to get into that general idea? We talked about that last yeah, time. Yeah, we talked we about did? it last time some. Yeah. Just... Is there anything you wanted to add from last time? No, not that I can think of. This was the idea. Okay. We talked about you, man. <laughs> There's this guy. He's back in Boise. <laughs> He's going to be perfect for our situation. Yeah, that was, that was good. And I'm going to find him, dang it. We're still looking for the guy we talked about for me. Yeah, you got to work on that. We need to find Steve a good guy. Did you guys talk about that? Oh, yeah. We yeah, talked we... about that ideally. Matt, were you not listening last I week? I was, but like... <laughs> we just talked you... about... Did ideally... Both of us moving forward in new relationships with new husbands and... Yeah, but did you talk about like exactly like, okay, what this new husband would I... look like? What I does... mean, clearly, I was ready to date Sebastian. So, I mean, that was who we talked about for me. Our ideas were that both of us find somebody that's pretty comfortable with the situation. And that was really the main thing we we're hoping for okay steve first question about like the gay community and dating and being okay with a child involved from a previous marriage like what does that look like guys either tend to be really into the like they love the fact that i'm a dad or they just like can't even seem to comprehend what in the world that means to be a dad and to spend half your time raising a child and like how that changes your priorities and your views on life and your schedule and your availability. And I don't know, I feel like it's, I mean, it makes it rough. It's a hard, I mean, I haven't found someone that <laughs> fits into that. Can navigate that. And it's been eight years, eight years. Hmm. Just curious. Okay. Come close a couple of times. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't remember what saying goodbye was like or anything. I remember leaving. Saying goodbye to Sebastian? To Steve. Or, oh, okay. The next morning when I actually left. So you f you drove? I drove. Penny and I drove my car. And. I remember. I re I you Penny remember? Didn't drive too remember? much. But. Penny <laughs> didn't drive. Penny was sick. I remember that. Oh, Penny was in the backseat singing, This Girl is on Fire. <laughs> you know, that was later. That was like a year later. I'm referring to that video we put up on yes. Facebook or whatever we put, wherever we put it. But. But I do remember when you left, you were parked, you know, little gray Mitsubishi Lancer. You were parked over on, you know, out our front door to the right. Yeah. And I walked you out there and we hugged and cried and I don't know what was said, but I remember hugging and crying for a long time. And then I watched you drive away and I went back in the house and like, I mean, I remember just laying on the hardwood floor, just sobbing. For I don't know how long, and I don't know, it just seemed super surreal. <laughs> like, couldn't believe that that had actually just happened and that we were going our separate ways. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, or shortly after that, there was hope. I mean, I definitely felt... How short? Like, you say shortly, like... A few hours day. later. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this was very much a time of, in fact, the night, that conversation that you and I had for hours talking about what we want our futures to look like. Yeah. We both had expressed the fact that we felt excited about, I was, I, you know, we were scared and we were heartbroken and we were sad, but at the same time, we both were excited to 
date and start this new life. And you said the same thing that you, you were kind of excited about. I think the way you, you did, you said this, you're making a face like I would not have said that, but you did, that you were excited about dating again and dating straight guys. <laughs> I don't remember I don't feeling that for quite a while. It, but... <laughs> but maybe it was said. Maybe it was. And those feelings just didn't. Come until later. Yeah. So that night. I don't remember that night. You don't remember that night? No. I know we talked a lot on the phone going forward. Yeah. I don't How remember. How long of a drive is that from Oklahoma to Boise? Well, it's. Did you come took, straight to Boise? Or did you... No. It took a lot longer because my car kept breaking down <laughs> along the way. I remember I made it like. Breaking down how? It kept like. Oh, it did that stupid thing. Yeah, it yeah. was like. What is that stupid thing? I'm making actions, well, but. Yeah, Jessica's here shaking her arms back and it's forth. It's like stuttering. Yeah, like, like the you're car accelerating was like, and all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, it wouldn't go. Yeah. So I stopped at one Were place. Were the sound effects more I helpful? Think it was, I yeah. think it was somewhere in Texas I stopped. I think that first day. And. Texas. And I went in and I remember I'm in some like podunk town. Stop at the only place that's there. And Penny's freaking out because they took our car. It was so funny. Was I remember she? her just being all worked up because she saw somebody get in her car and drive away. She's like, oh, our car, our car. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And so then they're like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, okay. So I kept driving and I made it to Colorado Springs that night. That was my goal is to make it to Colorado Springs and stay with my friends for a couple of days. And this actually must have been Saturday that I left because the next day I went to church and I must have been sick too. I don't know. But I remember I lost my voice and I remember being so grateful mm. that I didn't have a voice in church because I did not want to talk to anybody. Like and, I wanted, And answer any questions yes, and explain. And... I wanted to be at church, but I was like, oh, I don't want to like have to sit here and answer everybody's questions. A few of my closest friends, sure. But I mean, people had just seen me a few weeks ago. They knew I'd moved to Oklahoma and then I was here for two weeks and now I'm back like Moving. right after that. Yeah. And so um, that's what I remember from that. And I, I was there for a few days because my car was in the shop again. And that's when we found out it had been in the flood. And Yeah. Yeah. This car was a Hurricane Katrina victim. Yeah. Little oh. did we know. Yeah. At some point, a mechanic said, well, how long did this thing sit underwater for? Yeah. And we're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, clearly this thing spent an extended amount of time underwater. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> So I was there for a few days while my car was getting fixed. And then uh, I, the plan was to drive to Utah to stay with my brother for a couple of days. And I think it was between, it was, it was between Colorado and Utah that I got my first ticket ever. <laughs> and I remember like the car didn't have cruise control and I'm a mess. So I'm like just wanting to get home. So I was speeding and he pulls me over and... I knew I was speeding and I'm like sitting there when he's writing up the ticket and checking all the information. I'm like, I could get out of this so easily right now. <laughs> all I have to do, I could cry like that. All I got to do is tell him, I'm sorry, officer. My husband just left me for a man. I'm trying to drive home. I'm having car trouble. <laughs> I'm having lost car my voice. Issues. My daughter's sick, but I didn't say anything. I just took the ticket and drove home. And so then I got to my brother's house and I remember just pulling in. They were actually in Park City and I stayed the night in Park City with them. 
And Penny was exhausted. We like went swimming and then she fell asleep instantly in the middle of the room with everybody talking, all of her cousins and stuff. She was out. And then I remember like, it was so great to talk to Jed and Heather and I bet. to be with my family. And um, the next day we were heading back to their house and we <laughs> pull into their driveway and I'm planning on staying there at least a night, if not a day or two. And... um. I pull into their driveway and I get a phone call and I'm 90% sure it was Steve's mom, but it might've been one of his sisters. And it's like noon and they're like, hey, we um, are having like a family meeting tonight. They called it an intervention, I believe. We're having a family intervention for Steve. Steve's not there, but we wanna talk about how we can help him, how we can support him whatever. And at this point, I know that it's more like we talked about last week, that this is more, how can we save Steve and bring him like back? back. And they're like, we'd love to have you there. If you can be there, we're getting together tonight at like six or seven or something. I can't remember. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's basically, I would have to away. leave right now to get there. And I knew I was going to be there because I was Steve's advocate at this point. Like you brought up last week. I knew I was the only voice that Steve had because Steve couldn't be his voice right now. He tried and he did, you know, speak up for himself. But at the same time. I don't know if I even did, though. I just I, was just I seriously him. was just crippled with the thought yeah. of there is nothing I can say or do that will make anyone see this anything other than a horrifying selfish transgression that's unforgivable and i just i don't think i even tried i just thought there's no way to justify what i'm doing to anyone no way to justify to anyone yeah what i'm doing they're never going to understand what you've been through to get to this point that it wasn't just some rash decision that it wasn't and i think a lot of them viewed it that way because they hadn't been involved in our journey for the last seven years and i don't think we have touched on the fact that so i had come out to my mom probably a year prior Colorado talked Springs. about that and I had come out to my siblings and my dad in Oklahoma. During this whole... Right, before that. Probably, so before after, after the affair and before we separated. So I had come out to them as a gay Mormon who is staying married to his wife, staying on the straight and narrow. I didn't tell him I'd had an affair. Okay. But I told them that I'm gay, that I've known it for ages, that Jessica has known it for six and a half years. What was their reaction to that conversation that you recall? I know they were super blindsided by it and had no idea. And I started the conversation like, I don't know, it was probably a weird way to start it, but I was like, you know, have you ever heard about members of the church that are gay but have chosen not to act on it and that are married and in good standing and temple worthy and said, I'm one of those. And they were like, no, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that plan flopped. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of specifics. And mind you, this was all over phone conversation. Yes. Because back then it wasn't as easy to have like the video conversations. That right. Something like this conversation would be great to do over a video. A little easier over video. Right. Or harder. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was just a phone conversation. And it was something that we felt, I think, needed to happen at that point just because and of what we were dealing with, that we felt people needed to know that Steve was gay if we were going to make it 
through. Yeah. Like and that we I was finally comfortable enough to be able to tell people about this side of myself. And again, to resolve these concerns that if they knew, they wouldn't love me, they wouldn't want to be in my life. Yeah. And so, so then they all knew it was out there. So then they knew. And then a couple of weeks later. And it literally was a couple of weeks later. Yeah, a couple of weeks later. Things changed. So, so did, at this point, when they're having this family meeting. Did they know you guys were separated? Yes. They knew Jessica was moving. Oh, yeah. They knew I was on my way That we were going to get divorced, home. that I now had a boyfriend. How did they know that? Did you let them know, Jessica? I don't did... remember who told well, them. Well, I, I, I said last time that I had a phone conversation with my mom where we did establish that, that Jessica yeah. and I had decided we are getting divorced. She's moving back to Boise. I'm starting to date Sebastian. And... So they knew. Okay. Yeah. And they knew I was on my way home. That's why they called me to say, hey, we're having this meeting tonight. Can you be there? But again, they have, they have had... So what if you were like still in Texas? Would they still have, would have had I must have meeting? been checking in with Steve's mom or something. Okay. There must have been some sort of like... And I don't know if it was a last minute thing that came together. And if it I don't was know an, either. Or if it had come together and then it was as an afterthought they wanted to invite Jessica. I don't know. So you're sitting in Jed and Heather's driveway. I remember standing which, there. I'm standing there. Which is cool because now I can actually picture, can picture it. No, it was driveway. a different driveway. Back no, it then. wasn't. This is they were in really? this house that oh, they're okay. now they've been there that long. <laughs> All right. No, you're picturing the right driveway. I just pulled into their driveway. We're unloading cars. I'm on the phone. And I'm like So you're going. I'm like, I gotta go. I think we grabbed some snacks from them and used bathrooms. And I loaded Penny back up into the car, and we take off driving again. And then you let me know, hey. I did let you know. On my this way is what's going to on. talk to your family. And then That didn't cause me any anxiety. <laughs> so now I'm picturing Steve back at dinner with Sebastian and No, Jessica. no, probably back in the fetal position on the hardwood floor that I was telling you about before. <laughs> I don't know what I, I just, I do remember that you told me that you were heading that way for that reason. All right. I think this is a good place to stop. I was going to say, we can't get into this conversation without it going for another hour. Hey, everyone. For the takeaway this week, we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves. We change. Our bodies change. Things change. And so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way, no matter what phase of life. And don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing. You pay attention to what feels right for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you. 